If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast, the podcast for women in and around the tech industry. Every week, we dive into the conversations, frameworks, and best practices to help you stress less, work less, and earn a lot more. My name is Nicole Trick-Steinbach, your host and the international bravery coach for women in tech. Let's go. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Celebrate Brave podcast. I have got an exciting guest for you. Welcome to Chelsea Olson. Now, Chelsea is my client. We've been working together for a while. She is also, hold your breath, a hardware engineer. They exist. She is also a board of trustees at the Museum of Flight, which is very exciting. I believe the youngest. And she's super passionate about building things that fly. I'm so excited to have you here, Chelsea. Did I miss anything? No, no, that was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited for our conversation. I know it's been a long time coming, so can't wait. Me either, me either. Now, Chelsea and I met through Anita B., the Anita Borg organization. So shout out to Anita B. If you're not a member and you're a woman in tech, also hardware engineers, it's a great organization to join. But Chelsea, I've known you for a good long while. We finally got to meet a Grace Hopper celebration in person. So yes, yes, we did. (laughs) It was so cool. And it was awesome to see employers like get really freaking excited about you. Yeah, I loved the uh, career fair aspect of Grace Hopper and getting to meet other other uh, companies and getting to see what other groups do. I learned a lot from you actually at that event on how to just really dive in with curiosity and get to get to know these companies. Might not have been looking for a role. And was definitely able to use that uh, a month or so later when I went to the Society of Women Engineers Conference in Houston. So thank you for that. I, I definitely 
loved that experience. I've loved Grace Hopper and going to it. I think it's my favorite out of the two so far. And I just really appreciate the opportunities that, you know, that conference and Anita B have afforded me. And there have definitely been a couple of really big step inputs into my career and into my life. And I, I definitely think that, you know, Grace Hopper and then Anita B and meeting you is another one of those big stair steps. And I think we'll go into that later, but totally. very, very fun. Very awesome. And I totally agree. The first time I went to the Grace Hopper celebration, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but it's just a, it's every time a reminder, virtual or in person. The first time I was there, I was standing, I was in the middle of hiring at the time in my corporate base, and I was standing on this bridge and literally thousands and thousands of women in technology, technologists, finance experts, implementation experts, support experts, et cetera, were just flowing below this bridge towards the keynote center. And the person who was standing next to me turned and goes, you know that pipeline lie? It's a lie. And every time I even begin to believe a tiny little bit about the pipeline that there are no women, in tech, or there's not enough for the reason they keep hiring the same personality and the same identity over and over again is because there's nothing else. And Grace Hopper continually gifts me the concrete reminder that we are mighty, we are many, and when we support each other and lift each other, we make tech better and tech is the spine of the world, so it makes the entire world better. And I just love that about Grace Hopper and Anita B for sure. And SWE is really great as well. The SWE is great as well, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you on there not being a pipeline problem. I saw the same thing at SWE. It was thousands and thousands and thousands of women and allies. We don't have a pipeline problem. We have a retention problem. And I know that my story is going to touch on a little bit of that later, but even, you know, crossing crossing bridges to the work I do with the education department at the Museum of Flight in Seattle, we have lots of little girls and individuals who identify as as girls excited about STEM. They want to learn. They want to be there. They want to be astronauts. They want to be engineers. They want to be scientists. They want to even be chefs who uh, who create culinary delights for astronauts and for, for all of these explorers who need that, you know, prepackaged food. All of these people want to be in STEM, and there's not a pipeline problem. There's a retention problem. There, are, uh-huh. no kid says I don't want to do this. It's I. I feel like I can't do this. So a big thing that I really want to work on is turning that pipeline into into just this flood, an amazing group of people who stay in STEM and make that make that industry and this group of people better. That that supporting each other, building each other up because we make tech better for everyone, for allies, for ourselves, and for those coming behind us. Absolutely. It's just, it's a, it's definitely a retention problem and definitely something I want to work on. A million percent. So yeah, so let's talk about your Build Your Brave story. Now, I know tons and tons and tons of your stories. Which one did you want to share with our incredible community? I I thought about just kind of giving an overview and walking into how I was working with you and how over time Brave has changed, if that's all right with you. Oh, a million percent. Bring that, girl. Bring the fire. It's And it's funny that you mention 
your your daughter stands up and screams, I like math, and everybody looks like at her like she's weird because I I part of my college uh, education was paid for by NASA. I was a NASA Space Grant Scholar Award winner um, when I was at the University of Washington in Seattle, and the amazing um, gentleman who ran that program, he. Uh, he told me when I started working with him on uh, the Washington Aerospace Scholars Board at the museum, different board than I'm, mm-hmm. I'm helping with. I'm actually sunsetting that board this year. He said, I remember your interview to this very day. You, end- you ended it with something like, gosh, I am such a nerd. And that's really been a lot of my energy over my lifetime. And I think that's really played into some of the the braveness that I have tried to bring forth and, and really hold on to with, with dear life. Um, mm-hmm. Now, do, when you said, I am such a nerd, did you say it like, I am such a nerd? Or were you like, oh my God, I'm such a nerd? I remember how I said it too. It's like, huh, I am such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that energy. And I love it. And I will embrace that to this very day. I um I am I am a very odd person and I I fully and completely embrace that. I love um just to give, you know, listeners a spectrum. Like I love dressing up in the fanciest ball gowns and I have nail art that I get done on a somewhat regular basis, just just for the fun kind of early more traditionally okay no 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 okay so we're not we're not we're not we're not staying on the nail art level y'all no so one thing that I doubt most listeners know is that I have a ton of contact allergies so the reason I don't wear a bunch of makeup is because I don't feel like it but also I'm allergic to most of it I don't paint my nails because it physically hurts. I also, only when I was like 40 years old, learned that shaving your armpits doesn't hurt for most people. Like it is painful for me because of all my contact allergies, right? When Chelsea says nail art, listen to me. Imagine all of the Avengers, their little signal things, hand-painted on to her nails by an artiste. Okay. Like artiste. This shit is fire. Everyone who saw them at Grace Hopper had to stop the conversation and evaluate them because they are so beautiful and they are so nerdy and it is the best. The and best. we end up watching Star Wars or Oh, we, we watch Star Wars movies. We watch Star Trek movies. I think this last time we watched watched Rocky Horror. So it's just this nice culmination of where the um, mm-hmm. you can look however you want to look and be an engineer aspect of things. But um, and then I like Star Wars and I like. Oh my god! I, I'm interrupting you like crazy. <laughs> Say it again. What was that? You can look like whatever the fuck you want and be an engineer. Yep, you can look however the fuck you want and be an engineer. Exactly. It doesn't matter. And anybody can be an engineer. Anybody can be a scientist. Anybody can, I would even abstract this further, look however they want to look and do whatever they want to do. That should not be a thing that 
that stops people. The nail art is still a way that I can bring that forward and really just be expressive and in, enjoy what I, what I enjoy. We're now in a two-year Star Wars mania uh, <laughs> nail art set with my with my nail artist, Kelly Ornstein. I have to give her a shout out there because she's amazing. Uh, um, Kelly, you have so many fans. <laughs> so many fans. Okay, but what else about you? So you have your nails. You love to dress fancy and... I'm a badass engineer. I, I love what I do. I want to stay technical. Every every Ever since I was a child, um, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be an astronaut. I knew I wanted to be an electrical engineer because my dad was. And I tore stuff apart and I just loved putting it all back together. There were multiple computers I tore apart as a child that, I, that needed to be put back together. <laughs> my daycare... <laughs> Uh, as a child was on the, I believe it was on the military or space base down in Huntsville. So I was going into that environment as a very young child. And I, my parents kept me steeped in that, in that environment. So it was never a, I, I never had that thought of, I can't do this because I had very supportive parents, which was great. I know a lot of people don't have that. I work with a lot of students who don't have that support. And so we're trying to build holistic programs at the museum to bring in the parents and help them get some of the skills that they need to support the kids who are interested in these fields. Also job uh, job training, um, resume workshops, technology workshops. So we're really trying to make it holistic, realizing that not everyone had a, a family like, like mine to, to support them. Flash forward through high school, I've been a smarty pants my entire life. I was valedictorian. I got into I got into my major as a seventeen year old. I I worked as an intern while doing my schooling and my undergrad at, at the University of Washington. And this was probably the first time that I really found those moments where it's like you have to do the really hard things. You're facing adversity, mm-hmm. and I was away from my parents. I didn't really fully understand what was going on, but I, I had to I had to push through it and figure out a way to to stay there. So the first part of my brave story is not accepting. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to say this, um, not accepting the easy way out. Mm. Years, year, years and years and years later, I found I found out that my mom faced very similar experiences to what I, what I did in industry. So I was working at a uh, major aerospace company while I was in college and I had really great teams. And then I had teams where I experienced things like competition on which one of us was going to go down to uh, Jacksonville on a, on a business trip, depending on which one of us they wanted to see in a bathing suit. I had, I had, I had uh, a senior engineer just get up and walk out of the room when I started talking. I was <laughs> bullied and kind of hazed as as a young female engineer at this company and experienced a lot of the things that, you know, everyone would probably roll their eyes out and go, come on, that only happens in movies or come on, that's just so stereotypical. It's such That's such a trope. Like that doesn't actually happen. It really does happen. And then, you know, that kind of went all the way up to I, my last role at this big aerospace company. My manager decided that he didn't want to have women on his team. And he told me this in front of HR. And he even went as far as to try to get me fired for coming in early. It would have been really easy to just say, you know what, screw it. 
I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to quit. I'm going to walk away and I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep going forward. But I loved what I was working on. I love working on electronics. I love working on uh, aerospace products. So I've gone from really, really big military airplane now in my current role to small six foot wide delivery drone and very different, very different roles, but the teams are polar opposite, completely different too, which, which is also really kind of an interesting part of a a brave story is I I have to be brave in a different way in my current role. But I, my mom decided to go into management and leave instead of sticking as an engineer when she experienced a lot of the similar things. So kind of that's the, the, there you go there. That's the first kind of step on, on my, my, my build brave story progression. So what I think is really fascinating is I think maybe 15 years ago, it was before I got married, my mom and I had this conversation. Now, my mom was really young when she had me. I was privy to a lot of very adult things at a very young age. And we were exchanging notes and I was astounded because we were in totally different cultures, doing totally different things, working in totally different settings. And we experienced so much of the same nonsense. I I remember a gentleman telling me that he wanted a coffee and I was confused. I just thought he was telling me he wanted a coffee. So I was like, yeah, me too. I love coffee. But he was actually asking me to get him a coffee as a project leader, as an expert in that space, significantly younger, but still. And so what I just heard from your story is that you had experiences with gender discrimination, lowered expectations, a non-desirability of discomfort that your mom had also experienced. Yeah, yeah. And I've even had my parents ask me, why did you stick with it? Because she decided to go into management and you decided to stay in hardware engineering. Yeah, I decided uh-huh. to stay in the muck. Mm-hmm. And I decided to stay in a in a in an industry where it, going back, you know, looping back nicely to the beginning, we don't have a pipeline problem. We have a retention problem. So right. if I leave, what does that do for the people behind me? What does that do for others who are having similar experiences? Um and in my current role, I love very polar opposite. I love my team. My team has sent uh, the last five hires on my team have all been women. Mm-hmm. And that's outstanding in hardware engineering. Ironically, one from the same city I was born in, which was really <laughs> funny to have three of us from Huntsville here at the, at, <sighs> uh, over the same summer. But it's very different. Women are getting the opportunity to be highlighted. We are getting the opportunity to go to conferences. We have an affinity group specifically for leaders in uh, flight technology. It's very specifically named that so that we're open to allies and whomever else wants to support and join. Where there's learning opportunities, we have a retention pillar specifically devoted to retaining the women who and allies who are on our program. And then doing teachbacks and things to teach other other people mm-hmm. on the program. Because while, yes, teaching others should not fall onto the minority group, it's right. nice to have events where people, low stakes events where people can learn. Yes. Um, and they're voluntary. So it's not like anybody gets pointed to and says, you must present. But uh, it's just a very interesting, complete opposite 
environment here. However, there are still moments where I have had a co- coworker say, I found women crying in the bathroom. I'm like, mm. okay, we need to fix that. So my, yeah, just yesterday I was talking with my senior leader and he was saying, you make the team better. You help build us into a group um, that extends beyond work. We, yeah. we want to do things with one another. You make us better. And granted, you know, yes, we can have a whole conversation about should that really be part of my job um, as a, as a uh, woman in engineering? And no, that should not fall solely onto me. But it, it, I think that it's just part of who I am. And I like yes. building teams and I like... Yes. Being vulnerable, there is a portion to my leadership style, which is also learning through working with you on how to be brave is in realizing that that vulnerability, that that willingness to step out first is actually something that can make me a superstar in my current role. And yeah. leverage your natural <laughs> strengths. Yes. Right. So what I think is really impressive, I just happen to have a lot more context to this conversation, right? What's really impressive about the the type of management relationship you have intentionally crafted in this role is it, there's so much direct conversation. There's so much brave conversation. Notice that we're not saying safe. It's brave conversation. There's some disagreement. There's some exchange of what's needed, what's given, et cetera. And you are, what I want listeners to hear, there's two things here. (laughs) I'm like shifting in my chair. I'm so excited, y'all. There's two things I want people to hear. There's no single solution to resolving issues we face as women in tech. Some of us are going to decide to go into leadership and say, hey, the way I can change this is that I can be the person hiring. I can be the person evaluating. I can be the person driving strategy. Another one is to stay next to the technical skills. Like Chelsea, you called it the muck, right? Staying close (laughs) to that and being the role model with incredible technical skills building things that fly, acting as a trustee with bomb-ass nails and gorgeous ball gowns, right? Being that role model and bringing in what makes you so special. Because what I hear when I hear you tell that story is like, hey, Chelsea, you're really good at authentic relationships and creating an environment people want to be a part of along with the rest of the team. Thank you so much. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And my path is not, you know, necessarily for everyone. My mom made a choice that has ultimately led her to her, to the role she's in now. And she's extremely happy. So everyone has to do what's right for them. But for me, what I saw as the path of the easier path, the safer path, the doesn't get your central nervous system riled up path, the path that would not cause me as much friction wasn't the right path for me. So for me, that was making these, I guess, you know, we're coming, I said, brave story in multiple steps. We're coming down to kind of a central thing here is I'm just stubborn. And (laughs) I I, (laughs) I like the technology. I like the technical. And for me, that meant sticking with it. That meant staying through all of the hard 
really, really hard moments, and there have been many. And there, it is, it is, it, it has affected my mental health. It has affected my financial health. It has affected my relationships. It has affected every single part of who I am. Making the decision to stick with it, but it led me to where I am currently, and I'm very, very thankful for that, and I'm very happy for it. Don't get me wrong. I, I work with Nicole frequently I'm in sitting in like a, a guilt and procrastination cycle because I'm a perfectionist and I just I know that there's a lot there but you know it was one of those really hard moments um, that led me to working with you I found out that the manager that I had been working for was using our performance management process to prevent attrition and that was gut-wrenching because in understanding the way that process works, she was essentially telling people that I had no, um, I had no ability to grow and I had accomplished nothing. When I knew the, I knew my self-worth enough to say, no, I've accomplished a lot with one hand, two pets that have been going through oncology, bringing on my, a senior engineer. And I was doing all of this work while in a pandemic where we're all stressed and I was present, I, I was making two or three circuit boards that summer that year, like <laughs> the hell you're going to tell me I did nothing this past year. And it still makes me angry and I still have to work through that, but I, I I'm sticking with it. And I made that choice for me, which was a very brave choice because, Oh yeah, it would have been easier to cut and run, but I, I stuck with it and I, I worked through everything I reached out to Nicole. That's how I, that's, you know, mm-hmm. how I started to work with you is this really, really rough place where I didn't know if I could make that choice. I didn't know if I was strong enough or brave enough or courageous enough to keep going. I didn't know if it was worth it anymore because it, yeah. almost everything I had known had been called into question. And I'm glad that I've been working with you. I'm glad that I've stuck with it because now I'm in this environment that I'm I'm getting healthier. I'm building, I'm building better boundaries. I am working on things that I love and and my herd will will fly this fall, which is really exciting. And that's, you know, we set out with a goal for five years. I've made that in 18 months. So Uh, we're not going to fly right (laughs) over there. Hey, y'all listen, (laughs) Chelsea had been told she had no room for growth. Chelsea was in a very, very difficult position. Chelsea made a choice that she was going to remain and she was going to stay committed to her five-year goal, which was building shit that flew. Pardon the, pardon the, the expletive. There. Oh, hey, in this, in this space, we say whatever words we want. This is a grown-up podcast. And within 18 months, Chelsea not only stayed true to herself, right? Resilient, which is the other way to think about being stubborn. She is right now building shit that flies in 18 months. She is also a trustee at a leading organization. So from the outside, probably looked like everything was golden. And on the inside, you were having a very, very different experience. And I'm going to argue that many of our listeners have gone through that at least once or twice in their lives. I wouldn't be surprised just, you know, even sitting talking with five of my coworkers at the conference a couple weeks ago that I went to. Yeah. 
very similar concerns, very similar worries, very similar thoughts. So mm-hmm. it's being vulnerable here. Um, with, you know, the hope that at the end of the day, people just know that they're not alone and that there is, there is, there are ways to, to help. There is a way to figure out what, get that clarity on what you want to do or what is next. Uh, yes. And I definitely, through your, through your help, have been able to quiet down the very rough sea that was that particular moment in time um, and make it a little bit smoother sailing, make it a little bit smoother skies. So we're not, you know, getting mixing up my metaphors here. Uh, <laughs> nasty, <laughs> nasty crosswinds on the landing. Um, right. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's been a journey. Um, one thing, <laughs> one thing that I've been so impressed with you is how deeply like you, you, how deeply and how fully you are going to get what you want, period. You are one of the people in my space who's like, no matter what. <laughs> I, and I think that's an incredible strength. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very humbling to, you know, have been given some of the opportunities I've been given in, in my lifetime that have been p- pivotal. Um, so, you know, there are, we all have those moments, those, those, those locus points, those points of inflection in our, yeah. in our lives. And um, one was, you know, for me, museum, deciding to come back to the Museum of Flight as a participant in education programs when I was in high school that took my career off faster Mm -hmm. than anything else I think I could have done. Another, you know, it was, was shifting from big aerospace company to big tech company and, and Mm -hmm. learning how to find my way there. Another is working with you. Um, Had I not gone through a lot of the experience I've experiences I've had, I wouldn't be able to be the person I am today. And she's very different than 2020 Chelsea. And that's not a bad thing. Um, But yeah, so there's a brave story or a brave story that is still being written. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. As all the stories are. So I'm, I'm a little bit curious and thank you for being so raw and so vulnerable. I really appreciate that. Who did you want to share as an example of a brave role model from your life? Oh, that's a really tough one. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of really amazing people over uh, my career and in being involved with the Museum of Flight. Um, I'm trying to think of it. My dad is a a role model for me. Um, He and I are are closer um, to one another. I think my experience has actually made him a better engineer and a more empathetic engineer. Um, and I think it made him a better boss for actually someone who's now my coworker. So, um, she, she worked for my dad and I think that my experience helped him be a better manager, better leader, better technical Mm -hmm. lead for her. Mm -hmm. But for me, 
I mean, you know, there's always the the stereotypical Amelia. I have a sweater that says Amelia, Bessie, Sally, and May. Uh, Amelia Earhart, Bessie Coleman, uh, Sally Ride, and May Jameson. But I've never met any of them. Um, There's no way to meet Amelia Earhart. Uh, (laughs) Bessie Coleman passed long ago. Sally Ride passed, I think, before I really started to do a lot with the Museum of Flight. Um, And then uh, Mae Jameson. My intern has met Mae Jameson, (laughs) but I haven't. Um, So who would I, in my life, currently, you know... Actually, can, out there as a can we yeah. can we just shout out your dad for just a minute? So let's shout out dad. Because as a parent, I understand in a different way, powdered butt syndrome, which is essentially <laughs> I powdered your butt so you can't teach me shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the fact that your dad was capable to hear your experiences, to hear his wife's experiences, and to bring that into his management, that is brave. Men are conditioned, you know, all of this patriarchy is toxic, not just for women. It's also toxic for non-binary people. And yes, it is toxic for men. They are taught to ignore voices of women. And as a result, and there's tons of studies out there on this one, as a result, they miss up to 60% of contextual information. It slows down male careers. As many privileges as they have, it really slows them down in middle management. They suffer the most through divorce. Women actually become happier. Men become less happy after divorce. Hmm. They have greater significantly to the factor of like four or five times greater self-reporting of loneliness, of having zero friends. And they have greater cardiovascular stress, which is frequently a sign of internalized anxiety. The fact that your dad could take morsels and turn them into professional wealth is brave. So, hey. I agree with you. Papa, we applaud you. Now, please go tell all the other men in your life. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He's, He's retiring at the end of November. And he said, he swears he's going to go back in 60 days after that. And I really hope he does because there's an entire generation of, of engineers who need that kind of leadership and who need that kind of guidance and role models. And actually he and the other two engineers, senior engineers who I worked with are just amazing men in, in, in their mm-hmm. inclusivity. And I, I really appreciate that. And they're, they're almost notorious for being so amazing, uh, John and, and Paul and my dad. But it's so, you know, in a way they, they're role, role models yeah. because that's, that's exceptionally brave. And maybe that's why my dad's name popped up to the top. I have a lot of other people who I look up to, like I look up to, and I've looked up to Ann Simpson. Um, she is a trustee at the museum, possibly even a trustee emeritus now. 
but she was a captain for Northwest Airlines and then Delta Airlines. Wow. First chairwoman of the Museum of Light. I look up to uh, Shanta Hyde, another incredible trustee at the museum who ends up nominating governance. Uh, I get to talk with her on a rather infrequent basis, less frequent than I would like to, but she's doing some amazing community engagement work. And then, you know, there are people who I've worked with who I look up to as, as role models. There, there's a gentleman named Matt Lobeck who is also going out on uh, and retiring uh, this year, but he was such an empathetic, kind, inclusive leader as a lead engineer at uh, one of my internships. Mm, He brought me into robotics and I learned how to even better work with students through his guidance. There's Dan DeVries. There's lots of them. Thank you so much for being so generous. We're going to link to all of these people from the sweatshirt, if you want to, to your paps, um, to Anne and to Shanta as well. We'll make sure that's in the show notes so you can be inspired by these individuals as well. Now, you, Chelsea, were incredibly generous all throughout this by sharing how coaching has supported you. Is there anything that you want to share in addition to that for our listeners? I think it goes back to you're not alone. If you're, depending on what you're going through, depending on what you've experienced, there is there are other people out there experiencing something similar. And then I'm going to I'm going to quote actually Patton Oswalt, "It's chaos. Be kind. Mm. Be kind to others." Wow. Wow. I needed a moment for that. That came from left field. That was really beautiful for me because it's so true. You know, when you hear something so true and your whole body, for me, my whole body goes calm, my head empties. I feel just this incredible spaciousness throughout my entire body. Sometimes I get goosebumps. So it's chaotic out there. Be kind. Yeah. Wow. Chelsea, it is chaotic out there. You have been incredibly kind and very generous. It is truly an honor to be your coach and to be your partner as you just literally take off as you become a pilot, <laughs> but meta- you know, metaphorically take off as a true leader for the Museum of Flight, but also for all women in tech. And most particularly, those women drawn towards hardware engineering. You are a treasure. Thank you. Absolutely. And if anybody does want to reach out and connect with me, um, listeners should feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, it is a picture of me in said sweater in front of the Lockheed Electra uh, airplane at the Museum of Flight. If you want to know that you found the right Shell Seedelson. So hit me up there. I'm also on Instagram as e-electronaut. So either or hit me up. Always happy to talk. And those links will also be in the show notes. So you can also hop over there. Well, this was a gift. Thank you again. And until next week, brave it up. Bye. Hey, before you go, our fellow women in tech really need these insights. So do them a favor, pop on over and leave a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. Help them find the Celebrate Brave podcast. 
All right. Thanks a bunch. Until next time, brave it up.